Do you know more about Real Housewives than you do about your own family? Do you have strong opinions about Cody Brown's move to Flagstaff? I know I do. If that also sounds like you, then this is the podcast for all your reality TV pleasures. Recaps of episodes, reality TV news, and whatever I may feel like sprinkling in between. Come along with me, your host, Catherine, on my adventures in reality TV. Hello, everybody. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Episode 10. Holy shit, we've reached double digits, you guys. Who'd have thunk it? Um, but no, seriously, I really want to express a lot of gratitude to all the people who have listened, who have liked stuff, who have uh, followed me on Instagram. Um, just anybody who's really supported this thing. Uh, I know there's 80 million podcasts out there. It's kind of a comical thing at this point to say you have a podcast. So, you know, I just want to give a thank you again to everybody who has really, like, done the damn thing for me and continues to enjoy the the episodes, um, enjoy me trolling Cody Brown, Housewives, you know, all that fun stuff. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think I'm already at 10 episodes. It feels like I just started the podcast not that long ago, but actually as of tomorrow, um, October 28th, it will be two months since the first episode came out. So that's, wow, like time flies when you're having fun, okay? (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, we're in the double digits, baby, and I want to talk about the last, most recent two episodes of Sister Wives, because they were very good. The whole season's been good. And, yeah, I've been kind of behind on stuff. Life gets in the way. Work. Everybody knows that type of stuff. Um, And so I am covering two episodes, like I said, episode six and seven. And so I am... There's just so much to talk about. This may be a long one. So strap in. Get yourself a bevy. Get yourself a little snack if you need to. Put on something comfortable. Whatever. We're going to have a good time here because, yeah, we get some more peak assholeness and, frankly, like, I, is, Co- is Cody becoming paranoid? Is, like, should we be worried about Cody's mental state of how, like, paranoid he is, like, with his own family? I don't know. Anyways, so, just some few things um, that are also going on in the world and TV-wise I started watching on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, uh, Bad Sisters, which is actually really good. I heard a little bit of buzz from people I follow on Twitter about it, and they were saying it was kind of like an underrated show. People weren't noticing it as much as they should have, which I feel like happens with a lot of Apple Plus TV shows, or Apple <laughs> Apple TV Plus. Um, like Severance was an amazing show that I think people didn't quite realize at first. Yes, I know Ted Lasso was on Apple Plus and everybody fucking loves that. But there's also been some sleepers on there that people I don't think are giving enough credit and Bad Sisters is one of them. It's one of those kind of... It it gives me um, Big Little Lies vibe, but it takes place in Ireland. Uh, Anne-Marie Duff is in it, so if you may remember her, she's a pretty famous actress. Britain? From Britain? She was the original Fiona 
in the British Shameless, because fun fact, in case you didn't know, Shameless was a British TV show before it was uh, on Showtime. And yeah, Anne-Marie Duff played Fiona, and her husband at the time, James McAvoy, was Jimmy. So, you know, just a little tidbit for there. But yeah, she's in the show, and she has four sisters, and they hate her husband. He is a big piece of shit, and he dies. And we kind of, throughout the whole season, try and figure out, like, how did he die? Um, the sisters actively want to kill him, but, like, they have a few failed attempts, and it's just, it's a very, very good show. So I highly recommend it if you have Apple TV+. Plus. Um, also, Love is Blind is back out. I talked about that in my last episode, so I'll probably cover the newest set of episodes that came out because they're actually getting good. Now we have the drama with people like mingling with the exit quote exes the strangers they talked through a wall to <laughs> but yeah um now that they're all mingling together and stuff it's kind of fun to like see how that is like playing out in the relationships because i think a lot of people don't realize <laughs> like how attracted they were going to be to the other people that they quote dated in the pods um but yeah so that's going to be... I, I really am enjoying the new episodes that came out. Uh, I have not been watching The Watcher. I tried to watch the first episode and did not... I don't know. It didn't really do anything for me. Bobby Cannavale... Cannavale? Is that his name? Yeah. I could take him or leave him. Naomi Watts is fine. But I guess I just wasn't... I... I Maybe it's my own, like, short attention span or something, but I need to be, like, hooked with something right away. And I don't know. It just didn't get me. Maybe I'll try it again, but I know that's been a big buzz show that, you know, people are talking about, and I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll give it another go. But for me, I it didn't really do much for me. Um, what else? Anything else in, like, scripted TV land? I don't think so. That's kind of it for now. Um, also, I'm sure everybody knows Beverly Hills is finally fucking ended last night. The season, what are we on, 12 reunion was three parts. I think it could have been two if we cut out some nonsense. Uh, like that whole Halloween segment in the beginning. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Jamie Lee Curtis, but like, we didn't need a seven-minute promo for Halloween Ends just because Kyle is in it and, you know, <laughs> it's on Peacock. I I'm, I don't know if it was a good movie or not. I, I'm not really a horror movie fan, but I have friends that are, so maybe I'll have to ask them what they think of it. And I really, like, that was seven minutes that we could have been talking more about what Kathy Hilton actually said. And we, of course, got nothing really definitive. All we heard from was Erica saying that she heard Kathy call the DJ at the club in Aspen an old fucking F-slur. Um, I won't say that because I am a straight person and I feel like I should not be using that word. Either way, um, I, like, besides that, that was, like, the only good, that, that was the only good bit of, like, what did Kathy say. And frankly, I kind of believe Erica. I, I believe her. Like, I'm... Like, everybody is acting, like, in this situation with Kathy and Rinna that 
Kathy is this ultimate beacon of truth and, like, moral compass. Um, forgetting, like, how awful of a person Paris Hilton is and, like, how homophobic and, like, racist and anti-Semitic <laughs> she has been, like, throughout her entire career. I know she's kind of having, like, this comeuppance and, like, renaissance as, like, traumatic, you know, traumatized girl and stuff. And it's, like, okay, you don't end up like Paris Hilton. You don't end up going to, like, a therapeutic boarding school without having some fucked up parents. <laughs> and this is all allegedly. Allegedly. Please don't sue me, Kathy Hilton. Anyways, I... Do I think everything that Rinna is saying is true? No. Am I tired of Rinna on my screen? Yes. Do I really want to, like, be sitting here defending the credibility of Rinna and Erica? No. <laughs> but I also really find it hard to believe that Kathy was not just a complete fucking demon that night and said probably some really awful shit. Um, and it was just frustrating. Again, like, Kathy kind of bullied her way through the conversation to not have anybody really talk about anything. Um, it was very obvious she kind of, like, bullied Kyle into not really saying anything. And then, you know, Kyle tries to bring some sort of remedy to this, try and have them talk it out. And Kyle just, or, and then Kathy just kind of, like, goes like stonewalls her and is like we're not talking about it here it's like well then when the fuck are you because from what it sounds like from kyle's perspective and like based on all of the feuds they've had in the past like kathy is just not going to talk to her anymore they're not gonna you know it's done and the uh what's it called fuck the reunion ended with kyle obviously being very very upset crying <laughs> You know, she's asking Andy, do I have to do that toast? And we gotta get approval from Doug. And from what it looked like, Doug said, nah, Kyle, you gotta stay. <laughs> because they just kept trucking through. Uh, they bring out the Belvedere sodas, whatever, and toast. And then Kyle hightails it out of there in tears. So, uh, yeah. Uh, once again, fucking 24 episodes we got. We... Half a year we watched this shit, people. Half a year. Oh my god. This is what they do to us. Why? I can't believe that we... I mean, this was what? Early spring? Early late winter? We were hearing the reports of all this happening. So it was like drumming up all of this buzz for the episode. Or for the season. And then it takes... Um, 18, 19 episodes for them to finally get to it. I mean, there was other good stuff that happened, but, like, this was supposed to be the heat, the pinnacle, you know, of the season. And then it's like, it's just a bunch of smoke and mirrors because Kathy, you know, is so protected and so just, like, puts on this shroud of, you know, mystery. I don't know. I was disappointed. I mean, it was, some of it was good. I found it entertaining a bit and it was good that we finally saw Kathy like show her teeth a little bit and she did have some good line I'm I feel very agnostic right down the middle with it I'm either women's side is what I put it as I find either cases to be just as believable as the other you know I find Rinna and Erica lying about this just as believable as Kathy actually going off and saying all the terrible things that Rinna claims that she did 
you know. But, fuck it. What do I know? <laughs> Anyways, I've been talking about this for way too long. Let's get into fucking sister wives. You know, episode six and seven. So, like I said, this may be a long one. Strap in, everybody. So we start off with episode six uh, at Christine's. Cody, he comes strolling in. Uh, apparently he still just has full access to the house. I'd be changing the fucking locks. only to He'd only have access to the garage where his boxes are so he could get that shit moving out. But um, Christine brings up in this conversation when Cody shows up, like, it's time that they finally tell Truly what's going on. You know, the wives know. Uh, all of the older kids know. And ironically, Christine mentions uh, in this conversation she doesn't want it to accidentally slip, which... Mm, that does end up being the case. And so, naturally, like, she wants Cody and her to, like, tell Truly together as, you know, a united front kind of about making sure this is a nice, healthy transition. Of course, when Cody and her are talking about it, like, he's reluctant to tell her and avoiding it entirely because he says, you know, he knows kids will be hurt by this, so he's avoiding it. I guess in that, like, with that logic in Cody's mind, like, he should just never do it because like there's no good time when a kid won't be hurt by that news and devastated but my theory and what i have been saying all along in this like telling truly saga i'm convinced cody wanted to drag this out for a few reasons one because he's still in denial and like holding out hope that christine will magically change her mind and like maybe it's almost i think a way of like a a, to gaslight christine into being like no you don't want to leave me no no you don't and i'll entertain this but like you really don't want to leave me you'll probably come back and also like i don't think he wants to tell truly because then that puts all of the bad news and the bad feelings and all of that type of stuff all the negativity that truly may feel about this on christine to deal with it will put in Truly's mind, I truly believe, because this is how Cody thinks, that if Christine tells her this bad news, quote, bad news, that it will look negative on Christine. Like, Christine will almost be worse than Cody to Truly, because Christine is the one that wants this, and Christine is the one that's telling her all this bad news and being, like, the one to break it to her. Um, a lot of people thought Cody would be mad that it slipped out, and that truly found out from Christine. Um, and I could see that too. I don't want to like stay like, this is exactly what he was thinking. Cause I, let's remember, I don't know Cody. <laughs> I, I feel like I do. I feel like I've known this man for years because I've seen so much footage of him, but you know, I could see both cases being true. Um, because also, and we do see, like, Cody does think that Christine is like manipulating her kid, their kids against him, which, is not the case but whatever um but i also know like cody wants to make christine look bad whenever he can because he doesn't want to take any accountability for being a shitty husband and absent father (laughs) um and then cody in this conversation which is pretty funny he starts bringing up that he needs to start taking truly overnight at his house for a few nights a week like three to four nights a week Okay, why weren't you doing that already, Cody? Like, if that's the case. I mean, and also, like, if you and Christine have talked about 
you moving out months ago. Why haven't you do that? And that's when Cody says, I'm not sure why I haven't. I guess I just haven't made the time. <laughs> haven't made the time. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that pretty much sums up Cody's parenting style in general is not making the time. Uh, so <clears throat> Christine is just like, sounds great. Truly would love to spend the night at Robin's house with you and her kids and stuff. And, um, you know, Christine is very much like, hell yeah, you should be doing that. And she puts down the boundary, like, truly needs to have her own bedroom, though, and an actual bed. Like, you know, she's not going to be sleeping on some futon or an air mattress or, you know, the couch in the living room. She needs to actually be treated the same way that Robin's kids would be treated, with a bedroom and stuff like that. Cody, like, surprisingly says he'll figure something out. He kind of, like, hem... He kind of does a little, uh, um, uh, yeah, we'll figure something out and says he can do that. And... You know, Christine is playing along. She's being very amiable with Cody. But you know in her mind, and we're all in our mind knows, during this entire conversation, like, Cody is never going to actually have truly spend the night at his house regularly. Like, we know three to four nights. Let's start with one night. Let's start with a weekend and see how, like, you really think you are going to regularly come and pick truly up, have her stay at your house, make the time for that. And even if he did, he'd probably be like, all right, you're fine. Like, go play with the kids and wouldn't even spend time with them anyways. So, like, I, <laughs> oh, and, and yeah, Christine's just kind of like, okay, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Robin in a talking head says, you know, she looks forward to truly coming to her house and spending time with her and Cody. Um, you know, but of course, Robin, she believes in miracles. So she's still holding out hope for reconciliation and that's great for her <laughs> cody back in that conversation with christine he's saying that he still needs to think about telling truly he needs to think about everything he's got to think about moving his shit out of the the house he's got to think about you know whether he's going to visit his kids in four months he's got to think about it all okay and this is hilarious because again cody mistakes the age of one of his children and he says, it's not what a 10-year-old should have to be dealing with. And then Christine responds, I know, 11, but she's a smart kid, and so she's going to start figuring this out. Ah! <laughs> now, if we remember back, uh, the episode before this, we were at Isabel's graduation slash almost birthday party, where Chris, uh, Cody thought that she was turning 17, <laughs> and she was actually turning 18. Oh, that's fucking funny. And I don't know when this was filmed after that party, but oh man, the fact that right after the episode, that episode, they showed this where he thinks that Truly is 10 and she's actually 11. Ah! Oh my god, that was fucking funny. Oh, anyways, um, so <clears throat> Cody in a talking head is still under this delusion. He thinks that he can convince Christine to stay in Flagstaff. Because, of course, that would be the most convenient for him. Remember, that is what is Im imperative at this point. What's most convenient for Cody? Not who, you know, not what makes Truly's primary parent the happiest. Um, where, what makes Truly surrounded by family that love her? No. What's most important is what's convenient for Cody, okay? <laughs> Oh, 
we get a talking head and Janelle says, like, she can totally see why Christine wants to go move to the Utah area. All of her older kids are starting to be, are in that area. And, you know, if your marriage fucking sucks, why are you going to stay around? Like, go be around people that love you. Plain and simple. And, um, back in the conversation, Christine starts telling, bringing up to Cody, like, she's been packing slowly, kind of packing, like... The Christmas decorations, the, you know, smaller stuff around the house so truly doesn't notice. And frankly, she needs some space in the garage to store stuff, but Cody's shit is still there. And Christine is like, hey, you want to go see the boxes? Like, I can go take you out there now and you can see, you know, when you, what you need to move. Um, you know, you can come when I'm out and when I'm gone and just go into the garage, take them. And Cody's like, nah, I don't think I'm, I'm going to do that yet. And he's pretty much being like a petulant child. It's like, nah, I don't want to move my ba- my boxes. I'm not. I'm not cleaning up. <laughs> and oh my god, the the patience that Christine has in these conversations. Like, I do not have the level of kindness and patience that it takes to deal with somebody like this. Like. I would be so bad in this situation. I would be like, oh, you don't want to move your boxes? I'll fucking move them for you and just put them in the driveway. And be like, I don't know. Maybe it'll fucking rain tomorrow. Maybe it'll snow. You're the one that says the weather here is so crazy. Right, Cody? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, yeah. Then they get into the family food storage. <laughs> And we see flashbacks to the first season of the show, way back when, and the wives are talking about their food storage. Because, remember, um, these people are a bunch of fundamentalist Mormons, and <laughs> uh, fundamentalist Mormons like to be doomsday preppers, let's be real. Uh, they've they Wives kind of share that culturally, religiously, in their church, they've always kind of been raised to have these stockpiles of stuff in case... You know, the second coming of Christ comes, um, the government decides to go, you know, rogue on their citizens, state of Utah decides to go against Cody, you never know. (laughs) Essentially, they're a bunch of doomsday preppers. And Christine says, like, I don't believe in this shit anymore. And, like, in the conversation, she very politely is telling Cody, like, nope, the family can have it, I don't need the food storage like the family bought it they can keep it like it's very obvious christine's like no i don't want the fucking 50 pounds of powdered meat or you know like 25 pounds of fucking powdered milk i don't need it thanks hun (laughs) and what's even funnier too so like when they're talking about this of course we get more talking heads uh and robin is telling in a talking head, like, you know, my grandmother, or no, Janelle says her grandmother always had one. Robin saying, you know, it's just a very cultural thing. And, you know, in the church, we really believe in like stockpiling and stuff. And Mary, she's like, nah, I don't have one. I mean, I know to like stock up on water, that type of stuff. But Mary, she has no part in it either. <laughs> um, now, of course, Cody says in a talking head that this feels hostile to him. Because, you know, I don't know if he thinks it's hostile that she doesn't want the food storage or something, but he thinks Christine should have talked about their relationship a long time ago. Uh, yeah, because, you know, she's never brought up her issues with you before, Cody. You know, over the ten years 
that she's been having problems with you. <laughs> God, he's so fucking oblivious. He's like, it's so obvious he has not listened to anything that she has said to him about, like, her emotions and being unhappy in their relationship over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. He thinks that this has just been a huge rush and Christine is just like, no, bro. Like, I've been slow with this process to accommodate you. You know, she told him months ago that she was, you know, when this was filmed, she had told him months ago at that point that she was moving. And, like, she even says, she's like, if it was up to her, she would have told Truly months ago. But she's trying to, like, be a good co-parent with Cody and try and, like, do this at his pace and, like she said, accommodate him. And, of course, Cody is still firm in his stance of dragging his feet about telling Truly. Um, and, you know, he thinks, again, Cody just, or Christine just, like, sprung all of this on him. And he can't give her an answer about telling Truly yet. Like, there's really no answer to it. Like, Christine is planning to move in September, and it's, what, like, June of 2021 at this point. So... Eventually, like, the time is just going to come that they have to leave, whether Cody tells her or not. So, like, they... Cody doesn't really have an answer at all. It's just you have to tell her. Hence my theory, going back to what I said about uh, Cody wanting Christine to have to tell her alone to kind of look like the, quote, bad guy. Now, um, Janelle and Cody took Cody's dead brother's truck... <laughs> That's mean. I shouldn't say that. Anyways, they took the, the truck and got Janelle's RV. And on the way back, they stop at uh, Lizzie's Heritage Inn, Mary's B&B. And shocker, we find out Janelle has never been there. And Janelle says the reason she's never been there is because it's haunted. <laughs> okay, that's it. Not also because you fucking hate Mary. <laughs> it's haunted. And we get a little flashback of like when... They first, like, bought the house and, like, Mary was showing it off to the family. They have some, I don't know, historian in the town telling them it's haunted. And so, yeah, Mary doesn't, or Janelle doesn't like haunted places. <laughs> okay. And Mary says that she is very happy that they came and she says they did stay for free. <laughs> but they didn't get breakfast because they aren't paying. Okay, Mary. <laughs> and then we see Cody actually really enjoyed his room at the B&B. &B. And so he told Mary if she needs help with the mortgage, he would rent that room. <laughs> How romantic of it. <laughs> and then Mary, we hear her in a talking head. She's like, I would need something in my benefit to really make it worth it for me. And I don't think he would like that. Ew. What? <laughs> Look, Mary, do you hear yourself? Oh. Uh, um. Anyways, so Mary is outside and they're looking at the RV before they head out from the, you know, and head back to Flagstaff. And they look at it. They can't pop open the RV, so she kind of sees it condensed down. And it looks nice on the, like, very nice and brand new on the inside. And, you know, Co again, Mary's just kind of like, yep, couldn't be me. <laughs> and we hear more about you know, Cody lamenting that he does not want to live in that RV. And, Cody, we know you're not going to live in that RV. So why are you pretending that, like, you have to spend any time in there at all? Shut up! <laughs> so they have to leave Utah right away. 
because Cody needs to COVID test and get right back to his tender-aged kids with Robin. And it's funny, Janelle makes a little comment about that and says, you know, pretty much every time that we travel, we are under those constraints that, you know, he can't be away from Robin's kids for too long. Hmm. Have we heard about that one before? (laughs) And that's funny, in the next episode, too, that kind of, um, that point comes up and it makes Cody sound really bad, especially when it comes, like, in relation to Isabel's surgery and stuff. Cody then, in a talking head, says, you know, he can't be away from his tender-aged children for that long, and he appreciates wives that let him do that. So, you know, good doggy to Janelle, because she lets Cody, you know, go and be with his actual family that he wants to be with, and so, good on her. (laughs) Mary uh, says that her and Cody's relationship has not improved, and she says she knows, um... Cody is not interested in repairing their relationship. It's like, Mary, again, you fucking hear yourself. Cody says the relationship is great for him. It's very amiable. But even he knows it's not probably, it's probably not very fulfilling for Mary. Like, that's his own words. He said that. Um, And he says that he's feeling betrayed by Christine but he's actually getting along with Mary right now. And he doesn't think he's been healed from anything with Mary. Like, I don't know, the catfishing and shit. But he at least doesn't feel betrayed by her right now. So, you know, that means she's probably higher in his book right now than Christine. <laughs> Janelle reminds us of her casita plans or small house above a garage. You know, whatever. She says she hopes to be in there in a year. Uh, I don't think that happened. Sorry. (laughs) So they are trying to back up the trailer, now that they're back into Flagstaff, onto its spot on Coyote Pass. Looks like it's a pretty precarious situation. And the boys, um, Gabe and Garrison, Janelle's sons, are directing Cody behind the the RV, and you hear him yelling at one point, Dad! 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 Stop! Stop! (laughs) I don't know. I... I'm sure Cody is a fucking gem to deal with when trying to, like, maneuver heavy equipment and large vehicles. God, fucking shoot me if I ever had to be in that situation with Cody. Um, Janelle says in her talking head that Cody was an ace at maneuvering the RV, so he probably was very pleased with her after seeing that episode. He was probably like, thanks, Janelle. Yeah, I love when my wife actually, like, talks about me being a fucking man. (laughs) Then... Cody, again, keeps talking some shit about this RV and Janelle buying it and says, you know, if they were a normal monogamous couple, they would have had to agree to buy this. Uh, okay. Because, you know, nobody ever in a monogamous marriage has ever bought something without their spouse's permission. Okay. But anyways, in Cody's mind, Janelle just thrust this on him and now he has to move into an RV. Again, like, we believe he's going to spend any time in there. Which Cody then actually admits later in the episode. But, God. We're back at Christine's, and Isabel is packing up her stuff with uh, Gwen and Christine, because Isabel, like we found out in previous episodes, she's moving to North Carolina and is going to be living with Janelle's daughter Maddie and her husband Caleb and their kids. I wonder where in North Carolina they live. I, I I probably should not know that. That's weird. So we get a little bit about Gwen now. And <laughs> she tells Isabel, this is kind of a funny way to 
I don't know if this is her coming out. A lot of people are like, oh, Gwen's coming out. Maybe this is her coming out because it's the first time we've heard her talk about her sexuality on the show, but I'm pretty sure her family knew before this was filmed. But um, her and Isabel are kind of like giving each other shit, just sister stuff. And Isabel and Gwen says to Isabel, you're a bully. It's a pride. It's pride month. You can't bully me. <laughs> I love that. And then we hear from Gwendolyn in a talking head, and she says she's bisexual. She's attracted to women, men, people, you know, non-binary. Um, and Christine says that she knew when Leon, Mary's child, came out, and hearing about Leon, Leon's sexuality, that Gwen was gay, too. <laughs> and it's funny, Christine starts talking about, like, how Gwen gives her shit and says, like, oh, you're gay and all this type of stuff. And Christine says, you know, she has some, she has a few girl crushes. And I think she says Kelly Clarkson, Blake Lively, and Emily Blunt. <laughs> so, hey, you know, she's good. She's got good taste. Good for Christine. <laughs> but, yeah, that was cute. I thought that was really funny. And, yeah, Gwendolyn is very funny. I follow her on Twitter. Or, I'm sorry, on um, Instagram. And she, she is very funny. I like... Um, her content and just the stuff she puts out and she seems to be in a very happy relationship with her girlfriend so good for them um and then we hear cody actually got isabella car i my jaw dropped when i heard about that i was like what because he talked about it in the previous episode at her party and it was like oh yeah whatever cody's just like covering his ass for getting her age wrong but he did and christine says you know it's a solid good car to make the trip to north carolina and you know shocker christine offered cody to make the trip with them and he declined <laughs> you know god forbid he actually like takes some precautions during covid maybe wearing n95 at a gas station and tell robin sorry i'll be gone for a week god Cody says that, you know, every time he taught, he tries to hang out with Isabel, he has to, like, draw her out of herself. Because, yeah, she's, she doesn't fucking know you, Cody. So, yeah, she's not going to be that talkative. I heard on a podcast, um, on Everybody's Business But Mine with Kara Berry, a podcast I fucking love. I love Kara. I don't know her, but I love her. And, um, she had a host, uh, she had another podcaster I love, Pumpkin, from no, not Pumpkin! Her name is Princess, and she hosts by Pumpkin. Ah, oh, I'm so stupid. Uh, and Pump... Fucking A, not Pumpkin. Princess! Oh, I'm so terrible. Princess said, Cody is, like, Isabel's second favorite uncle. And that is so true. It is absolutely true. Like, I... <laughs> I... That is... She doesn't want to talk to you, Cody. She doesn't know you like that. And... Almost in the talking head, it makes Cody... Cody makes it sound like, you know, this is the reason why I don't want to have a relationship with her. Like, I have to do so much work to do this... To make this relationship work. It's like, yeah, because you're a fucking parent. You're the parent, Cody. You have to do the work. Like, you're the adult in this situation. Anyways. And then we get a flashback to the conversation last season about surgery. And Cody's telling Isabel, like, I'm not coming with you to the surgery... And he is telling her, you know, I hope you're not going to be a bitter housewife because I'm not going. Those were his words. And, of course, Cody boils it all down to COVID. And, you know, Cody is, or Christine is just using that whole situation to make him out to be the bad guy. It's always somebody else making him out to be the bad guy. Isabel says her relationship with her dad is, is fine. But she's going to miss her mom more than her dad. Because she's not close with him at all. 
it's tough. She's adjusted to them getting divorced more, and she's happy they'll be okay. That they'll be happy now, and she knows you know people cannot be happy in a loveless marriage. You know, I, I think it's she's the kids are being pretty straightforward with this. You know, like yeah, it sucks. I imagine to see your parents get divorced. I can't imagine that it really sucks, and it's probably really sad. But what can she say? Like my mom's not happy, and they don't really love each other. And okay. <laughs> And Isabel, I thought this was sweet, and I hope it is the case. She says that she thinks her relationship with the other moms will always stay the same, and she'll always see them as her other moms. And she hopes, like, her relationship with the kids, her siblings, will ever, will stay the same. I, I was thinking, I'm like, why aren't they on a big group chat or something? You know, like, my husband has, like, 25 cousins on his one side of the family, and they're all really close. And... When we first got together, I found it really weird. And just because I think it was more jealousy because I did not have that with my cousins. And so, but they have this group chat that I've now been added to on since we're married. And I mean, it's really like a great way to stay in touch with everybody and just kind of be in tune with what, and it's not like, oh, you're having these long conversations or something, but you know, we're all spread out across the country and it's a great way, like, here's a cute picture of my dog. Um, oh, this is a cool thing we're doing this weekend. And it's just, it's a great way to stay connected. And I would think with these kids being younger in their teens and, like, you know, the oldest kid, Logan, he's, like, 25, 20, no, maybe he's, like, 27. I don't know. You know, I wonder if they have, like, a group chat going or something. I, I don't know. It just, I wish I could set that up for him. Like, let me get a Snapchat chat going or I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> so I do hope that that stays the case for Isabel. And, I mean, she is moving in with Maddie, who is Janelle's daughter, and they are very close, and Isabel is very close with her kids and stuff, so that's good. I'll, I'm going to remain hopeful for that, okay? <laughs> um, now, Christine and the girls are going to see Janelle's new RV. Essentially, like, all of the family, all the rest of the wives and some of the kids are going to come and see Janelle's new RV. Cody says he doesn't think any of the wives would live in an RV except Janelle. We've we've heard about that a lot. And Christine says the girls and her are mostly concerned with Savannah, uh, Janelle's youngest daughter, to make sure she's good with it. And I feel the same way. Poor fucking Savannah. She's literally, like, the most overlooked brown child. We... In 17 seasons, I think she is the least known about child. And I don't know, maybe she's just quiet, she's shy, maybe she doesn't want to be on camera or have much about, but I think out of all 18, 19 of those kids, Savannah's probably the one we hear the least from ever in the show. Um, but she's going to be the one living in the RV with uh, Janelle, and Christine and the girls are like, all right, let's go, let's go check on Savannah and make sure she's good. Janelle, in a talking head, expresses again that this was probably a crazy decision, but psychologically she's hoping she's going to, you know, manifest some shit being on the land, you know, seeing it, see it, believe it, be it, whatever people say, you know. <laughs> Mary is also there, like I said, so she gets to see the whole RV now popped out and all. Janelle says she hasn't she hasn't moved in yet. Um <laughs> And she's talking to Mary, and she's like, yeah, every night at 2 a.m., the Tylenol PM wears off. And Mary is like, oh, shit, that's when you, like, gotta take another one, take another one. I'm like, is she really taking Tylenol PM? Is that all she's taking? <laughs> okay, Janelle. Cody shows up, um, and this is funny. 
Janelle and Ar- Mary are standing outside the RV talking, and Cody's like, hey, honey, and kisses Janelle, just, like, walks past Mary, and Mary's like, hi, and she's like, he's like, oh, hey, Mary. <laughs> um, and Janelle says she doesn't think Robin and Cody and Mary will actually ever move out there, and she says, you know, that's fine with her. If anything, it gives her a better view. Robin says she would really want to move out there, but um, there's just been some unforeseen real estate issues in her in her words. But if she if they pay off the property, she would really want to, you know. They just gotta get through that. Mary says she's been discouraged and doesn't think most people want to build on the the property anymore. But she also doesn't really care. I mean, let's be real. Mary is not in Flagstaff ever. She's either tra- traveling around on some cruise that she won through Lululemon or She's in Utah. She's visiting Leon. She's she's all over the place. Like, she's never in fucking Flagstaff. So she does not care, really. <laughs> Robin says she is not a big fan of trailers. And she doesn't think anyone should have to live in a trailer. <laughs> that is rich coming from her. Um, so yeah, Christine shows up to the RV and, you know, is very, very, like, positive about it and Janelle is like thank god for Christine no matter what situation she always tries to put a positive spin on it which I agree she's always been the the glass glass half full wife and that's great Christine is always she's always seems to be like the sunshine of the group Cody says in a talking head he thinks that Janelle is just trying to sell the wives on it uh being cool to live in an RV and he thinks the wives are just trolling her and I'm like I don't think so I think they're just like yeah I don't want to live in here but good luck to you um, and they talk to Savannah. Christine says she's really impressed with Savannah's attitude. You know, she seems ready to do it. Like, now that she knows she has her own room, you know. And we see it. She has, like, a bunch of bunk beds and that type of stuff. And, you know, it looks like she has a good amount of space. I don't I don't know what it is compared to her previous room. But she's happy to see... Christine says she's really happy to see that Savannah will have her own space and stuff. Then we see Christine's bedroom and the bathroom there. Of course, yes, it's small. Um, and Cody says that he doesn't believe he will actually ever use that bathroom. Yeah, we know that because you will never stay there, Cody. Finally, you said it. And Cody says the bed is big enough, but, you know, for him to actually bring a suitcase in that place, oh, it'd be fucking packed to the blab. <laughs> and then this is fucking funny. At this point, he says the contrast between Robin in his house and Janelle's RV is huge. You don't fucking say, Cody. And then he says, he gets his exercise at Robin's. And, you know, climbing the stairs, walking the hallways. And at Janelle's, he'll just have to sit down and he won't be able to move. Do you hear what you're... You have no issue with this? You don't think maybe, oh, Janelle, let's figure something out to get you in a house. And said, no, he's like, fuck, you bought this RV. This is all your fault. You're a terrible fucking wife. I'm not doing anything to help you. I won't even fucking come to this place now that I think about it. I'm going to go be walking laps and taking the, you know, running the stairs at Robin's now. Oh, my God. And then, this is even, oh, my God, it gets even better. Robin and her kids show up. And immediately as they walk through the RV, we hear one of them make a little comment about the bath. And they go, more like a foot bath. And then they walk into Savannah's room, 
And literally, Janelle is, like, telling them about it, and she's saying, oh, this is the door so you could shut it, and, like, Savannah has her own little apartment room. And Robin's spoiled-ass girls come back in the room, and they're like, will this be the room for the doggies or something? And Robin's like, no, this is Savannah's room. And, like, the look of surprise slash horror on Robin's kid's face, you are no, you know they are very accustomed to a different lifestyle, for sure. And then Cody interjects, and he says, no, the dogs will be living outside. And Janelle disagrees. You know, no, they aren't. And essentially in a talking head, we hear Janelle say, like, nah, she picks her dogs over Cody. Her dogs and her kids come before Cody, baby. Hell yeah, good for you. Um, <clears throat> then we hear a little tidbit from Mary, and she says the RV that Janelle has is not that different from the three-bedroom mobile home that Cody, Janelle... Uh, Mary and Christine all lived in together when they first got married. That sounds tight. <laughs> and Mary says, you know, you have to be very considerate and aware of your surroundings when you live in a place like that. Okay. <laughs> Cody says, or Christine says she's hoping the best for Janelle. She thinks Janelle and Savannah can really make it work. But she also knows that Cody likes his space and nice things, and she sees that this is going to become another reason for Cody to spend more time at Robin's and not at Janelle's. Cody says Robin makes it convenient for him to be at her house. She enforces his relationship with the kids. Oh my god. Remember, this is all, it's all about making cody's life convenient that's what is pre like most important to him and the wife the wife that does that is top notch in his book and you know robin with her doting kids and her big mansion are gonna take the cake every time it's these ladies faults they just can't realize that you know cody's just been trying to tell them robin says she knows janelle and cody have had some tension because of covid and you know, she's just not sure if this will bring them closer or where they're, whether it will tear them apart. She's just praying. She's just praying. <laughs> then, uh, back to the talking heads with Cody, he says, you know, in plural marriage, if a man is not around much, the wife will start to take it personally. But because Janelle has this tiny ass house, you know, and that's a major inconvenience for him, that's her fault, baby. Like, <laughs> she's going to start taking this personally, but she made this choice. Now we go back to um, Christine and Truly, and we get text on the screen saying, Christine told Truly about the divorce off camera. Um, you know, it's a heavy situation. So, of course, we're not going to see the immediate reaction on camera. We, we shouldn't, that's for sure. And then we get self-recorded footage of Christine, and she just told Truly, and she is expressing, like, it was the worst conversation ever. I can only imagine. I don't think there's any way to make that conversation go smoothly with a child. But Christine tells the story that, like, <laughs> stupidly, she was talking on the phone with McKelty. And Christine said that she is excited to move. And didn't realize that Truly was behind her. So then after Christine said that, she hears Truly gasp. And clearly she's shocked by the news. So Christine had to sit Truly down and pretty much told her, yes, in fact, they are moving to Utah which Truly was upset about. And then Christine also had to add on to it, like, it's just going to be Christine and her moving. And Cody and Christine are no longer together. So that led Truly to ask, like, if are they getting divorced? And I thought this was interesting, and I, I get what Christine means, that she figured it would just be best to tell Truly they already are divorced. 
And, like, Christine says, you know, she didn't want Truly to get false hope, thinking they would get back together, or they'd be, like, or Truly would, like, constantly be monitoring how they're acting around each other and stuff. And so, of course, Truly's devastated. Divorce is really hard for a kid to understand and take on. And, you know, Christine brings up in a talking head, like, you're not, they weren't ever married, um, legally, but in their church, you do have some sort of procedure you go through, but Christine doesn't see herself a part of that church anymore, and, like, there will never be an official piece of paper granted saying they are divorced. And, you know, in her mind, she didn't quite know when that moment would be, like, when officially, in her mind, they would be divorced, but she kind of decided by telling Truly that that makes the divorce final, like, they are divorced. And, Christine asks Truly in the conversation, like, if she really even noticed a difference, and Truly says she doesn't, <laughs> which makes all the, like, that's all you need to know right there. Um, <laughs> Cody says he really wants a relationship with his kids, especially the young and vulnerable ones. Again, fuck the older ones with opinions that, you know, can buck against him. And Cody says Christine is just setting Truly up with a narrative that Cody is not around ever, so it's okay for Christine to leave him. And in Cody's mind, he says if the kids don't have a good relationship with him, that's because he doesn't have a good mother making that the case. Because, again, it's all on Christine to make sure that Cody has a good relationship with his kids. And so, you know, Cody says that she's looking for reasons to leave and this and, and give it as justification to her kids. What a fuck? Like, that's monster shit. Poor Truly. <sighs> God. Um, so yeah, after talking to Christine, again, poor Truly, she went back to her room and she cries and, you know, and Christine just says she feels awful and, like, this will always be the day she remembers as the day she broke Truly's heart. Oh, yeah. And we see this kind of, like, sad profile shot of Truly sitting in a lawn chair and, you know, she's just sad and I feel bad for the kid. <laughs> That sucks. That's got to be really sad. I know a lot of people like to say, oh, Truly's weird, blah, blah, blah. But she also is a kid, and she may have transition lenses, but she's going through a lot. And in the next episode, we really see her shine and, like, just how smart and lovely of a girl she is. I hope the best for little Truly. Fuck Cody Brown, but I hope the best for little Truly. Um, and that's where episode six ends. Uh, with a nice, like, a somber kind of shot of Christine's house. She's got a full set of one side of her fucking roof is solar panels. Good for her. We love an environmental queen. So now let's get into episode seven. Uh, the failed priest. I love, love the shade that TLC is giving this season. And you'll see why once we get into the recap. <laughs> But we start this episode off with Cody, and he is hitting the open road on in his truck. He is on his way to Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's right. Cody's traveling, baby, to his buddy's wedding. And Cody says that his buddy Brian is getting married to his sweetheart, Judith. <laughs> okay. Is Cody like a 80-year-old man going to like a sock op? What the fuck? <laughs> Cody says the COVID numbers were low, you know, around like 11,000 cases in the state, in the states. Um, so he figured it would be safe for him to, quote, poke his head out. And he says he is enjoying the peace and quiet and solitude of driving. Um, it, and he says it's almost like a meditative state for him. That doesn't sound safe, but okay. 
And Cody says he gets deep in his thoughts and he sorts out a lot of his problems while driving. And then Cody continues saying that, unfortunately, though, he's thinking mostly about his divorce. And we're going to hear so much about this later. Then we hear from Janelle and... She says she thinks it's interesting that Cody is traveling because him and Robin, as we know, observe some, such strict COVID protocols. COVID, how did it? The fucking accent that they have in Utah is protocols. Protocols. They fill and dill and yeah, it. That's a big dill. Uh, I don't know how to fell. <laughs> and protocols. That's how they speak. But anyways, here we are traveling with Cody. <laughs> and then in a talking head, Cody says that he feels like it's time for him to kind of emerge from this sequestering and quarantining. And what Janelle is saying about him traveling is like a gaslighting fallacy. I don't think Cody knows what gaslighting means because he says it in another time in the episode. And like he tries to make this point that for the last 15 months he's been quarantined and Janelle and Christine weren't. And this is, oh my god, I have to really, like, point this out. Cody says himself that the family wasn't getting together before COVID, and they aren't getting together now. So what we're hearing is Cody is finally admitting that, (laughs) the first time, finally, that they don't want to get together before COVID, long before COVID. Huh. Because all throughout this season so far, we've been hearing from Cody that the reason he can't be around and that the family has been in such trouble and stuff and hasn't been close at all is because of COVID. That's it. And we've been hearing from him that the reason Christine and him have had problems is because she would travel. And remember, in his own words, he said he had standards and wouldn't go over to spend time with his fa- with her family ever. And remember Christine kept saying no this shit was getting bad way before COVID even before moving to Flagstaff you fucking dummy but now we're hearing this talking head from Cody he's saying the family just doesn't want to get together like he does not realize he has just completely contradicted the thesis of his entire argument about being away from his family this man is so back and forth, whatever narrative, like, works for him, he is going to go with. Oh, my God. So back to the car footage with him, and we learned the real reason Cody is going to this wedding is because he's the officiant. So he gets to be the star of the show, of course. Cody's favorite. And he's sad he doesn't have a wife with him. And he says Robin was supposed to join him, but she has to stay back and take care of the tender-aged children, of course. So then I ask, you know, why couldn't Janelle go? What about Mary? Even could be a little friend date. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. Because Cody only treats one woman as an actual wife, and that's Robin. (laughs) Uh, Christine in a talking head says at first, uh, when she heard Cody was officiating the wedding, she thought it was great. You know, he's done well with being a wedding officiant before. But then she thought about it again, and she said, wait, what about COVID? And she asks, will he be masked? Will the bride and groom have to be masked? And you could tell Christine's, you know, she's, she's throwing a little shade here. She's being a little facetious, and I love to see it. I, I love to see Christine kind of getting a little snarky with Cody, because it's, it's so ridiculous, the hypocrisy. Um, and she knows it's utter bullshit that Cody is doing this. 
Of course, Cody has not prepared anything that he will be saying for the wedding yet. And the stud is thinking about his friend who's getting married and thinking about how much this wedding impacts him uh, and not his friend. <laughs> it's always about Cody. Robin says she hopes this trip will help Cody heal up because he's been very angry lately. Just lately, huh? Christine then talks about how it was really hard to tell Truly about them moving and her divorcing Cody. But after telling Truly, um, Christine has started actually like really packing stuff up in the house. And she actually went into Truly's room and noticed that Truly had started packing her stuff up and like didn't even need to be prompted by Christine. And so now we see this kind of like, I think it was obviously for the camera, just as like a, oh, okay, we have to really like give a summary of this now that you know. And we see a conversation with Christine and Truly sitting on Truly's bed. And Christine asks Truly, does she feel any different about the news of the divorce and then moving now? And this is where, like I just said a few minutes ago, Truly is so well-spoken and eloquent for an 11-year-old. At 11, if someone asked me how I felt about anything, I would have been like, uh, I love lamp <laughs> or something shit <laughs> or something stupid like that. But anyways, yeah, God bless Truly. She is, she really explains so well and like, uh, it's sad that she feels the need to have to keep it together this much. Um, but she explains that she was really upset at first and she's fine now. But she just had to realize um, for a day that not everything was going to change. And, you know, of course they have to move. But, like, really the only thing that would be different is her parents wouldn't be together anymore. And Truly actually says in the conversation she could tell some signs that maybe Christine wasn't as happy. But, it, like, it wasn't super obvious. So she was very upset when she was told because, like, you know, she's 11. She doesn't know everything. But it's obvious. Truly's been listening to some big girls don't cry. And she's putting on a brave face. It's Christine, or uh, Truly, she's she's a trooper. And then Christine acknowledges in her talking head that, you know, she knows Truly has not fully processed all of she feels because she's 11. And that's a lot of shit for an 11-year-old to feel all at once. But um, in Christine's mind, she considers this conversation as like a start to that. So I, it's very obvious Christine has been in some good therapy um, and she's really like thought calmly and objectively about this and I think she's approaching this well I, I can't speak from a educated perspective I've never been divorced and I'm fortunate my parents aren't divorced but uh, I think Christine acknowledging like this is a process and like truly says she's fine now but like this is going to be something she has to deal with over time good good definitely more than what fucking Cody does Christine asks if she's reached out, if Truly's reached out to her grandma or Aspen or McKelty. Now, if you remember, I mentioned this in a previous episode, but um, it was when Mary's mother died that Christine's mom was a sister wife and actually left the faith many years ago, early on in the show. And um, Aspen and McKelty are Truly's older sisters, and they already knew about the moving and the divorce. And Truly says she did reach out to Aspen and her grandma, and like Truly says what they said was reassuring, but it was heartbreaking to hear Truly in this talking head. She's telling the camera, you can tell her voice, her little voice is so nervous, she's trying not to get upset, but she speaks so well, and she, I mean, 
the words she's using, I mean, she's 11 using the words like reassuring, realization. I mean, just, I don't think, maybe I don't hang out with enough 11, hang out with enough 11 year olds. I don't need to hang out with any 11 year olds except like my nieces and nephews. But I don't, I should ask my sister, does your son know how to use reassuring correctly in a sentence? (laughs) But anyways, like I said, her her voice is so nervous. She's trying not to get upset. It's it's kind of sad to watch. Um, but truly straight up says, like, she realized everyone knew except her. And when she realized that, it felt like a bit of a betrayal. And I can get that. Back in the conversation, though, Christine asks if it was easier knowing the divorce had already happened versus if it was going to happen. Remember, Christine pretty much told truly were already divorced because you know, they weren't legally married, so it's kind of like, we're divorced now, baby. And Truly says, yeah, it was easier, um, and she, but she just wishes she knew earlier. You know, I think that's ultimately the biggest hurt here is she wished she knew earlier. And I agree with this. Um, and Truly makes a good point, again, in a talking head, and she says she wishes she knew sooner because she's the one that's going to be the most affected by it. You know, she's the one that is going to be the one moving, and she's the youngest, and you know, it doesn't seem like they have much time until they leave in September. Like I said, I think, based on Gwen saying, don't bully me, it's Pride Month, so that would be June. Uh, yeah, so it's probably June that she finds out. Um, and Christine asks in the conversation, so you're okay with the divorce? And Truly says, yeah, I'm okay, I'm fine. Just the way she says that. It's like, oh my god. No, you're not. It's like a... a as an adult who knows what that I'm fine, what those feelings are behind that, you know, when you're just kind of like, I'm fine. Oh, truly. Christine then says in a talking head, um, she thinks Truly's taking the lead from the older adults who are telling her, you know, everything's going to be okay and just showing her a lot of love. But, uh, the, you know, same thing I was saying before, Christine notices, you know, I can hear it when her voice catches, and that she doesn't quite have that spark back in her eye yet, and hugs, virtual hugs to Truly. Christine tells Truly it was the hardest thing ever telling her, and Truly says she understands um, why, because she's the youngest, and it would be the hardest break for her. But actually, Truly says it wasn't that hard. Christine continues to tell Truly, you know, she should have told her sooner, And, you know, she didn't know what to say. And Truly just says, I understand. And, again, she does this, like, it's okay. I'm fine. Everything's fine. And then immediately, like, changes the subject. Like, I like your nails. And I'm like, oh, Truly. (laughs) Ah! I'm crying. Um, And then we hear from Cody in a talking head. And I was surprised this is all we heard and I well he makes a point he says I need to be nice because I'm co-parenting with her he thinks that Christine of course is being very unfair and marginalizing him in this conversation because Cody Brown he's the most put upon the most inconvenienced persecuted and now marginalized man in the world and so he thinks that Christine is presenting this in a way to truly like you know that we should just be blowing this off. Cody's nothing, you know, whatever. Say peace to dad. We're going to Utah. Then Cody continues to say, it says, like, once he heard that Truly had found out from Christine, you know, that it slipped, 
he went to talk to Truly about it the next day. And according to Cody, he asked Truly how she was doing. And in Cody's words, you know, he says, I'm not a psychologist. He's just a shitty parent. Oh, good one. Uh, But he says it seemed like Truly was okay and had already dealt with it. And then we get the actual truth from Truly. We get the truth from Truly. And she tells us in a talking head that she actually didn't talk with her dad that much about the divorce. And he basically just asked her, so you found out about the divorce? Truly said, yeah, I'm okay. I'm fine with it. And Cody was just like, okay. I'm going to believe Truly. Why would she lie? She has no reason to lie. And then, um, back in the talking head, Cody says he's glad she isn't heartbroken, but of course he doesn't understand why they have to move. (laughs) Again, it's like, why do they have to inconvenience me? Why? (laughs) Again, like, what a shithead of a parent Cody is. Like, he... Back to my theory again, he is so glad all of this, like, hard shit fell onto Christine. Because in Cody's mind, he doesn't think he owes any sort of smooth transition to Truly or his kids in this. Because Christine made the the choice to leave him. And it's like, you, you seriously think you don't owe your children anything. Except Solinari, your tender age children, who actually are around the same age as uh, Truly. God. Anyways, um, in the end of this conversation, Christine tries to offer up the master bedroom of her house to Truly for a week, a few weeks once uh, Gwen moves out. And um, Truly's like, nah, I'm fine. <laughs> like, you can tell Truly's like, I don't need the master bed, Mom. Like, I'm fine. And then Truly just goes, oh, and also since my ramen is done, I gotta go. <laughs> and then that's that. So, uh, just in the time of making a packet of ramen, we've talked about the divorce. Good on that. <laughs> so now Christine just says, like, she needs to get truly excited about the moving, and, you know, that's the, the exciting part now. And it's a bittersweet relief that she knows, but it is a relief. Um, so now we're back with Cody, and he's at the wedding. And he's self-recording in what looks like a closet, talking into the camera, and he does not blink once. It's like... I swear, it was like looking at a ransom video sent to me from a kidnapper. (laughs) But he's going on that, you know, he had all of his drive time. And according to Google Maps, I looked this up, it is a 14-hour drive from Flagstaff to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so he had all this time to come up with stuff to, to say about the beauty of marriage and all of that stuff. But instead, he spent it stewing about his marriage to Christine ending and pretty much, you know swearing marriage and now he's panicking because he's at a loss of words and um (laughs) cody then reminds us that it's been a while since he's preached from a pulpit (laughs) then we're back to janelle in a talking head and she reflects on how when they moved to vegas they were kind of forced to start their own church services at home because uh anybody that doesn't remember uh this show actually used to start off it started out with them being a religious family now i don't think they're religious at all i don't know what the hell these people believe in um but we get a flashback of this home church that they had with the kids all circled around in one of the vegas houses and cody's sitting there reading about 
from the Bible, Book of Mormon, whatever the fuck they read. Um, so, yeah. And then we get another flashback of him officiating Maddie and Caleb's wedding, which, yeah, I, you know, I think he did fine at for that wedding. Whatever. Then we hear Christine again in a talking head, giving some more snark, and I fucking love it. Christine continues, and she figures, you know, Cody's told Brian that he's getting a divorce. And she says, isn't it funny that he's officiating a wedding when our marriage has failed? And then she continues to point out, like, you know, his and Mary's marriage isn't great. And, you know, I know Janelle and his marriage is rocky, too. But then again, maybe that means he can give some good advice. <laughs> That's queen shit. That's fucking funny, Christine. I love- Christine's got jokes, and I find it funny. Good for her. Um... Cody, of course, says he's getting nervous, so he's got to pray for inspiration, and he arrives to Brian's house to, like, pick him up and take him to the venue, and says he's got two-thirds of the vows written. Okay. Of course, everything is Christine's fault, so in a talking head, Cody is saying if he stutters or does the worst job ever, he's only partly to blame. And then we hear about how Cody and Brian met and how Brian found out that Cody had multiple wives. You know, one time they hung out and and Cody brought Janelle and Logan, their oldest kid, and then they hung out another time and Brian brought, uh, or I'm sorry, and Cody brought um, Christine. And then the third time they hung out, he brought Mary. And so he's like, whoa, dude, what's going on? I thought you were married. And then, you know, Cody had to come out, I'm a polygamist, womp womp. And then Brian was pretty much just like, well, as long as I don't have to have multiple wives, then that's fine. Like, assuming that was what was going to be the case. Okay. Har, har, har. I'm also pretty sure this Brian guy is in him and Cody own that gun business together. So I feel like that's probably it. But anyways, Cody tells us that it was kind of gnawing at him if he should let Brian go through with this. So this is where Cody starts to, like, project all of his terrible feelings about marriage onto his friend. And we hear from Robin that he even told her that he was worried if he should let Brian go through with this. And, you know, does Brian really know what he's doing? And then Janelle told us that Cody expressed to her he's unsure about being the right guy to officiate the wedding. Because he feels like a bit of a failure. Oh, okay. Again... Cody's just all projecting onto his friend. And it's like, one wife has left you, Cody, and you don't fuck with Mary anymore. But are you saying your other two marriages are also fucked now? Like, just fuck marriage in general? Since since Christine's leaving me, we're all fucked? This is all stupid? Th let's throw the whole thing out? Is that what he's saying? But anyways, yeah, Cody's, Cody's friend is like, no, I'm doing this. Like, sorry, you can't talk me out of this type of thing. What a... What a shitty friend to be like, yeah, I'm going to marry you, but are you sure you want to do this? Because I'm getting divorced and like, you know, since I'm getting divorced, that means you probably shouldn't get married to this person. <laughs> that poor bride. I doubt she knows Cody very well and she's probably like, who the fuck is marrying us? <laughs> so now we are actually at the time of the wedding. And, and so this is when we see Cody give his sermon, speech, whatever. And he says a few lines about how him and the groom have known each other for about 25 years. And then he looks at the bride and he's like, are you nervous? And she chuckles and is like, a little bit. And then Cody says, because I know I sure am. Yes, that's, I'm sure that made her feel even better, Cody. It's like, 
See, one of, like, the most important day of her life, but let's make it about how nervous you are, Cody. And you can tell by the look on her face, like, as Cody keeps talking, she's just like, oh my god, who the fuck is my, my husband friends with? Oh, why is he marrying me? Then in the talking head, Cody starts going on about how, you know, he is the high priest of his family. But he's also like a failed priest because he's been defrocked since a wife is leaving him. <laughs> Again, this is just shit. Like, if anybody else said this, you'd be like, that person needs help. Like, like Kanye is saying crazy ass shit. And it's like, oh my god, get him help. He's crazy. Whatever. Cody says it and we're just like, this is comical. This is just run-of-the-mill Cody. Like fucking A. You know, he's the high priest, but he's a failed priest. He's been defrocked. Ah! <laughs> um, and I love, like I said, the, the little wink TLC did by naming this episode the failed priest. Talk about, yeah, the failed priest is right. Cody continues his sermon at the wedding about how weddings are a contract, a bargain, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he says marriage is about understanding, patience, all that good stuff. And, like, I I hate to say some of the stuff he's actually saying about marriage being, like, a partnership and, you know, trying to find a win-win situation for you both at times is, like, actually pretty good. Um, and so I, I was actually kind of surprised in some moments. I was like, do I actually agree with Cody? <laughs> In a talking head, though, Cody reflects on, like, how you can't expect someone to change when you marry them, and, like, a lot of people do that. But then I'm like, so are you saying this is the point, like, Christine wanted you to change? Because it seemed like Cody had really wanted Christine to change a lot during their marriage, and, like, wanted her behavior to change towards her other sister wives, and that your love was contingent on that. So, like, what is the point he's making by that? I'm curious. Like, so then we hear from Robin, and she says that this is Cody. He just waits till the last minute, and it stresses her out. Well, this has nothing to do with you, Robin, so you don't need to be stressed out about this. <laughs> and then she tells, she says Cody does a pretty good job with this stuff. He does and says things only other people wish they could. <laughs> L-M-F-A-O, Robin. L-M-F-A-O. Oh my god. Says things other people only wish they could. Oh my god. So now Cody goes through the wedding. They're married. And Cody says the funnest part of the wedding was introducing them. And what really affirmed it in Cody's head that Judith is the perfect supportive wife and um brian is doing the right thing is that judith wanted to take brian's last name <laughs> i wonder what cody would think of my heathen ass who didn't take <laughs> tom's last name uh, but then cody says he was followed to the wedding by a demon you know he had this demonic presence with him and so that's why he was having all these crazy thoughts and feelings about marriage um now we are at the reception and we get some amazing uh chaotic troubling footage of cody dancing um and bouncing all over the dance floor i mean he's kicking his legs he's spinning a lady around he is a true ball of uh uncontrollable 
on that dance floor. I could not imagine being his friend and wife that are that, <laughs> that are hosting that wedding and being like, yep, that's our officiant. Um, and then we hear from Christine, and she says that her daughters, Gwen and Isabel, are pissed that they found out Cody was traveling to the wedding. And Christine says Isabel went there right away and said, how can he go to this wedding and think that's important enough, but he couldn't show up for my surgery? And now we fucking say it. Camille Grammer. And now we say it. Cody says the situation around Isabel's surgery was much different because that would have required him to stay away from home for six to eight weeks. And no man can be away from his family and home and work. His family. Cody, Isabel is your family. She's your fucking daughter. What does Cody mean? <laughs> that, what, well, what he means is he can't be away from Robin and his tender-aged children with her. And also, like, you wouldn't have had to be away for six to eight weeks. Maybe two at most. With, like... <sighs> oh, my God. And it's like... I thought... Cody said a few episodes ago that he gave up business for a year and he was at home for all this time and stuff like that to be safe during COVID. So what work would you have been missing for that surgery that you're saying you couldn't have been away for? You know, he is so full of shit. But when he said, oh, no man can be away from his family for that long. It's like, excuse me, sir, this is your family and your family needs you. Like, isn't that the point of you being a father? Is, like, you being there for your family? Oh, my God. Um, and Christine, she's back in the talking head, and she's like, how can you think it's okay to be there for Brian's wedding and not think it was important enough to be at Isabel's surgery? Plain and simple. And she makes a point that now, like, she does not have to respect his choices anymore because... She's not married to him. <laughs> and then Cody says um, he thinks Christine needs a big mirror in her face so she can see how her actions are wrong and she's just trying to put the blame on Cody. Mm, need that big old mirror in your face. Oh, fuck off, Cody. So now we're back with Janelle at Coyote Pass and they are trying to level the old RV. Cody has come back from the wedding. He's tested negative for COVID. Um, and this situation is a shit show. Janelle says in a talking head that she is kind of over her head with all this. She's been running all of her electricity from a generator, which I assume probably takes gas that you have to constantly fill up. And then she's hauling all of her water by hand. Like, this is some little house on the prairie shit. No, thank you. Like, I thought, what happened to that cistern that they put on the property last season? What? None of this makes sense. <laughs> Um, and now they have to keep figuring out how to level this damn thing. I don't understand why they went, like, after watching all this, I'm like, why didn't you just call somebody from the RV company to come out and, like, show you how to do this? Because, like, of course, Cody doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And so he's there, like, barking orders about not using the auto level on the RV. And, and then Gabe, uh, one of Janelle's sons, is there to help. Um... And he probably actually knows more about how to do this type of stuff because he's around more. And Cody's, like, walking around. He's got his power visor on and work gloves. And he, like, has actual levels he's using to, like, manually level the RV. Which I don't think an RV this size is supposed to be manually leveled. That just seems like maybe that's going to fuck up some... 
you know, hardware in the place, some electronics, which Janelle expresses uh, concern for. But anyways, he just keeps barking about, stop using the auto level, blah, blah, blah. And then um, we actually hear from Christine that Janelle and her hang out all the time now because the property is only a mile away from Christine's house. So Janelle and her have breakfast together. Janelle comes over and does her laundry at the house. You know, Christine just says it's great. And then good old Robin. We get some footage of her sitting out on a, a random bench on Coyote, Prop- Coyote Pass, taking it all in. And apparently she likes to go in and sit, you know, where her lot would be. And just look and imagine the future at Cody at uh, Coyote Pass. But funny, every time she's gone there, Janelle isn't there. Hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder if Janelle like sees Robin's car pull up and she's like, "Shit, hide, everybody, we're not home. <laughs> Don't answer the door." <laughs> or if Robin's doing the other thing and saying, "Is Janelle gone? Okay, let's go." <laughs> Robin says, uh, Robin says that if Janelle can, you know, convince everyone to get moving on the property, then Janelle will be her favorite person ever. <laughs> Mary says um, she thought moving on to the property would be great, but they have to pay it off first. And Mary, I don't think, thinks that will happen. <laughs> so I don't really think she cares that Coyote Pass isn't going to work out. And then she also says, like, there's a lot of family stuff that needs to be worked out first. You don't say, Mary. You aren't... I don't even think you're wanted, really. Remember when Cody told you that you should move full-time up to Utah? <laughs> um, Christine is saying, like, she thought the idea of it first would be great to, like, move out there altogether, but, like, of course, as more time passed, they didn't do anything with the land, and, like, things with her and Cody continue getting worse, so why would she want to live on the land that, like watching other people's functioning marriages when hers was in the shitter. You know, go figure. So Cody and Gabe, we're back at the RV now, and we're still trying to figure out how to level this shit, and (laughs) Cody and Gabe kind of start going at it, trying to figure out this leveling thing. Gabe is kind of messing with the auto level stuff, and Gabe says, you want to kick me out of here, but I actually am the one who knows how to fix it. And Cody... You can tell Cody did not like that. He kind of gets a little uppity. He's like, yeah, but we all need to know how to fix it, too. (laughs) And, you know, Cody, in his mind, he wants to keep saying, Gabe doesn't know anything. He's never read the manual about this. Like, shut up, Cody. You don't know it just as much as Gabe doesn't. (laughs) So, like, it's literally the blind leading the blind, I would assume. Except maybe, maybe Gabe has cataracts and Cody's blind. I don't know. Anyways, um... We then hear from Gabe in A Talking Head. And if you remember from last season, you know, Gabe and Cody ended up butting heads quite a bit about this whole COVID thing. And really, I mean, the COVID thing about um, Cody never coming around, uh, pretty much ignoring Janelle and not treating Janelle well. And, you know, Gabe says he thinks Cody just really doesn't want to put in the effort to deal with him anymore. And... (laughs) And then Cody, again, he's a, with this gaslighting shit, he says that like, Gabriel knew the rules and that essentially he was gaslighting him. What does that mean? Like, well, I know what gaslighting means, but i that's not what gaslighting means, Cody. Like, you just were not around for your kids, is what you... Anyways, um, <laughs> they cannot get this fucking RV leveled. I, it, It's like a Three Stooges act or something. And Cody is clearly fed up. 
And uh, since he isn't going to be spending the night there, he thinks it's just fine to leave it as is. I mean, we've got, like, two of the front pegs on there. Like, one's not even touching the board that they have. And, you know, Cody's tired of it. He's like, fuck it, I'm not dealing with this anymore. (laughs) Again, why didn't they just call someone from the RV company to come and show them how to do it? Pay, like, 300 bucks, have some, like, that would have been so much more productive. But no, we gotta have Cody come out. Uh, you know, tossing the curls around, pretending that he knows how to do a thing or two with the work gloves on. (laughs) Now we get on the topic of, you know, Christine and Coyote Pass, and she says she thinks the best idea would be is that she takes all of the money from selling her house, and then the family can do whatever they want with her part of the property on Coyote Pass. She wants nothing to do with it. Okay. So in this last segment of the episode um cody shows up at christine's house again showing up just in through some side door like bitch everything and knocking you don't live here excuse me you don't live here anymore and again he's wearing work gloves everywhere he goes he shows up wearing work gloves and he like just plops down in a seat and like throws the work gloves on the ground sir you don't live here Again, trying to make it out to be like he's always doing, you know, he's always tired and coming home from doing some sort of labor. Um, and so now they start talking about house stuff, custody stuff. I don't even know why Christine is asking Cody's opinion about this. Like, his name isn't on the house. She pays the mortgage. Like, I really don't understand why she thought she had to have this conversation. Maybe I, it is very considerate of her, too, but like, Cody really has nothing to do with that house anymore. Um, And so she essentially wants to keep the house now because when she's definitely moving, but Gwen, um, who originally was thinking about getting an apartment, since she hasn't been able to go on campus in person and stuff, um, she hasn't really been able to get to know people to find people to room with her. And uh, we also find out that Gwen is vaccinated. So love to hear that. Very glad. And then Christine, so Christine wants to essentially keep the house so, you know, Gwen can still live there and then, like, two more people can rent it out. And then they'll keep the top part, which I assume is, like, where Christine's master bedroom and stuff like that is, is locked up. And then also what's nice is that when Christine and Truly come back to visit Flagstaff, they have a place to to stay that's familiar and, like, you know, has some of their stuff. Of course, (laughs) since this is a plan that Cody, or that Christine came up with, Cody has to kind of, like, hem and haw and, like, you know, not be so sure if he likes it. (laughs) And so he says he needs some time to, you know, what the best thing is to do. And (laughs) this is when Cody brings up that, you know, if, if Christine sold the house, that money could be used to pay off Coyote Pass, and then Janelle could start building. And Christine's like, yeah, no. In a talking head, she's like, I'm not putting money into Coyote Pass. Like, this is my house. Like, I'm not, I'm not giving you any money. And then Cody kind of uses this argument as, like, so I guess when Robin and him, no. Christine could not figure out, could not get the loan on her own. So Cody had to help with the down payment. Wow, shocker, you had to help your wife get a home. Uh, and so now he thinks that Christine should have to sell, like, give them the money from the house to the family. 
when Christine is saying, no, I'm going to take the money that I make from selling this house, buy another house in Utah, and then you guys can just have my property instead of having to buy it from me. So it's like, okay, that's that's pretty even. Well, no, not in Cody's eyes, because in his eyes, you know, it's like Cody, Christine needs to like pay back this now, this favor that Cody and did for him, her, to get this house. Okay. So, then eventually Cody comes to the realization, like, no, it may actually be a good idea for her to stay. Um, and he's still planning to set up a room for Truly at the houses. Oh, wait, there's only one house. <laughs> His actual words. Oh, my God. Um, so now we start getting into the custody stuff. And this is where it gets really just off the rails in this episode because Cody starts rambling about pretty much whatever he can come up with in his mind to like throw wrenches into custody stuff and like he thinks Christine has no idea about anything and is just like this dumb little you know dumb little girl who doesn't know how to use Google or talk to a professional (laughs) and he tries to tell Christine that if they don't get a custody agreement for Truly, that she will become a ward of the state, and essentially the state will take ownership of her. Which is not true at all, because Truly has a parent who is available and takes care of her. So there is no reason for her to become a ward of the state. And, like, watch Teen Mom, for Christ's sake. These people, like... There are so many couples on Team Mom that do not have formal custody agreements that fucking should. <laughs> but, like, just because you aren't married doesn't mean you're going to need to come up with a custody agreement. Well, and also, too, so this is the fact Christine even brings up, well, we've never been married. So why would we need to come up with this now? And then we see in a talking head... Cody admits that he's just being creative about this stuff because he doesn't know what to do. So essentially, he is admitting that he thinks Christine is stupid and will just, like, believe whatever nonsense he throws out there to, like, scare her. And then this, oh my god, and, and I mean, we've always known that Cody is, like, a red pill, like, men's advocate type of, like, misogynist. Then he admits, you know, he gets into the manosphere online And he's read, you know, if you're getting divorced, bro, you're going to get screwed. Um, And in case people aren't aware of what the uh, manosphere is, it uh, it's kind of like I'll just look it up on the um, internet. So, according to Wikipedia, the manosphere is a collection of websites, blogs, and online forums promoting masculinity, misogyny, and opposition to feminism. Communities within the manosphere include men's rights activists, incels, men going their own way, pickup artists, and fathers' rights groups. So just exactly where I figured the corners of the internet uh, Cody would be. He gives big men's rights advocate um, energy, which he's he's mentioned before, you know. So, like I said, Christine brings up what, like, we were never married you know, so why do they need a custody agreement now? Um, you know, Cody continues blabbing on to Christine like they should just make it 50-50 custody in writing, and then they'll just decide what to do every time. 
literally the point of having a custody agreement is so that you stick to that custody agreement. You don't make up a custody agreement and then just go with whatever floats your boat. Like, and the reason you have a custody agreement is so that people don't do that. And then Cody goes on about, like, because if we don't do this custody agreement, then you'll have to get lawyers and the state government involved, and then the lawyers are going to take all of your money. Uh, And, like, you know, now Cody's fear of the state of Utah is coming back into it, and, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with Utah involved with any of this custody agreement, that type of shit. And in a talking head, Christine breaks it down. She's like, I want Cody to see his kids. Why would I take time away from him? Like, and she knows. She's like, he just doesn't trust me. And Cody admits he doesn't trust her in a talking head. (laughs) And he's like, uh, you know, she's moving to Utah. And, you know, that state hates me. Literally, Cody says, the state hates him. (laughs) And... You know, he thinks the state of Utah is coming for him always. He's persecuted by the state of Utah. And Cody says Christine has, you know, told him that she's trying to be benevolent in this. But then, you know, she goes and moves him out. And he says, you know, he was never going to move his stuff out anyways because he didn't want to. He says he was being obstinate. Like, literally, he's being a petulant child. Again. So what does he expect? Christine, packed your shit up, Cody. What uh, What else are you expecting? <laughs> Okay? Um, so yeah, in this moment, Cody is really just trying to convince Christine that they have to have a child custody agreement, but, like, not through Utah, um, even though Christine is moving there, but then also Cody doesn't want the government involved, but then he also says, oh, well, we should probably have a lawyer draft up the agreement, but I thought that the lawyer was gonna take all of Christine's money, and so that's why she shouldn't get a lawyer, or... (laughs) like what the fuck are you saying cody you are back and forth this is nonsense and the entire time christine's face is just like "Uh uh-huh uh-huh oh you don't say okay (laughs) and you know because cody's bringing up all this utah stuff and how you know this is he doesn't want anything to do with utah we get footage back from the old days of sister wives when the browns were quote fleeing to las vegas (laughs) remember early in this this show when they made us all believe that they were fleeing in the night to vegas like the state police of utah were going to be knocking on their door immediately kicking in the doors and stuff (laughs) i love that they played that up so much when really like that was not the case at all um and cody continues saying you know utah is the enemy And, you know, he put egg on their face when they had their lawsuit and they won against them. And so now Christine's moving to the state that hates him. And who knows? Christine and and Utah could team up and just go after uh, Cody. You know, because that's the thing is the entire state government, the state prosecutor of Utah is waiting for Christine to come into their office and say, let's go after Cody. We're done, baby. Like, (laughs) literally cody thinks that like there's this entire squad in the utah state police that are like waiting to come after him they just need like christine's go ahead or something not like that there isn't 17 seasons of footage of you being a polygamist on tv and what now that christine is leaving you 
and moving to Utah that somehow they're going to come after you. <laughs> it's giving paranoia. It's giving unhinged. It's, oh, Cody, 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 Cody. Um, you know, and, and it ends with Christine in a talking head saying, you know, ultimately she doesn't want to get lawyers involved. They were never legally married, so why do they need to? Like, she wants this to be an amiable situation. So she really doesn't want to go through that route. But she's hearing Cody kind of bringing all this up, and she's like, well, if I figure I have to lawyer up, then, you know, she's going to do what she's got to do. Christine's ready. I mean, it's obvious. Christine is done. She's ready to go to, to Utah, and she knows what she's doing. It's so funny to hear Cody just throw this shit. Oh, truly will become a ward of the state. Uh, we need to have this custody agreement. It's like, you, you realize literally nothing is changing except Christine is moving. Because you don't have a custody agreement now. You were never married. So, <laughs> like, maybe, you know, if Christine was like a terrible woman that wanted to like take away your children from you, which she doesn't. Maybe you should get a custody agreement, sure. And, like, maybe they will get one just so that it's in writing and they and they just have, like, a, a set thing to go off. Who, who knows? But, like, this idea in Cody's mind that, like, he can trick Christine into thinking, oh, we have to get this 50-50, it, it's a mess. It's all a mess. And Cody's mind is all over. I don't know how that man gives anything straight in his head. He is a ball of ugh whatever <laughs> god bless Robin that she has to spend so much time with him oy, oy, oy. anyways holy moly I think this is the longest episode yet eh <laughs> I guess it's fitting for episode 10 holy moly again thank you so much for listening over these last 10 episodes I mean I feel like we're just getting started there's so much I want to do with this podcast and things I want to cover and you know, I, I'm trying to get on the schedule. I'm really trying to at least get an episode out on Sundays. Um, I've been able to get some midweek episodes out, which is good. So, you know, keep hanging on with me, people. This has been a fun ride. Oh, Sister Wives is so good. If you aren't watching, well, keep listening to my recaps, at least, <laughs> if you aren't watching. Um, anyways, I will be back soon. I want to cover the two most recent episodes of Real Housewives of Potomac. Like I said, there's new Love is Blind that's out. These new set of episodes, episode five through eight, have been pretty good. So we'll, we'll be back around talking some stuff. And then, yeah, follow me on Instagram at Adventures in Reality TV. Tell me what you're watching. Did you like The Watcher? Am I wrong? Tell me, should I keep watching? You know, give me your opinions on stuff. Are you watching Love is Blind? Um, oh, did you watch Halloween Ends? The, you know, they gave us an 18-minute promo for it in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion because Kyle's in it. So let me know. Did you watch that? Was it good? Was it not? Um, was Kyle good in it? I hear she, like, owns a bar in it or something. I'm not a Halloween person. I enjoy the the holiday of Halloween, but I don't follow the film franchise Halloween, I should say. I, myself, am a fan of Halloween in general as a concept, yes, um, but I don't know the movies. So, 
uh, whatever <laughs> anyways yeah follow me on instagram um give the podcast a review subscribe like all of that fun stuff uh and i will talk to you guys soon be good to one another don't be an asshole bye <laughs> this has been a production of c money entertainment follow us on instagram at adventures in reality tv 